What is up everyone? It is Quinn here back with another video and today I'm going to be talking about three do not draft running backs for fantasy football this season. So I'm not saying these players are completely off my board that there's no chance I'm ever going to draft them. But I just think right now at their current ADP, I just think there are better options potentially later on in the draft or maybe at some other positions. I just think this is kind of too early for these players to be going off the board. And I think they're kind of going to end up being uh, disappointments on your roster. Let me know what you guys think. You know, if you disagree, you think these guys are solid values, let me know down below. If you agree with me, you know, shout out down below in the uh, comment section also. But let's jump into my first do not draft running back. And it is going to be Kenneth Walker here. He's going off the board as the running back 15. Also, I don't know if I mentioned it, using underdog fantasy football to get these ADPs. Think it's pretty much the sharpest we're going to get at this point in the offseason. But Kenneth Walker, going off the board as the running back 15, a late fourth round pick. Now, I understand his ADP did take a hit after the NFL draft, but I honestly just don't think it fell far enough. This is still within a round of guys like Jameer Gibbs, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris. I think there needs to be a little bit more separation between those guys and someone like Kenneth Walker. I think the addition of Zach Charbonnet should take a bigger hit on this ADP than where he's currently at, which is a late fourth round pick. So last year, we saw Kenneth Walker had a 10 game sample size um, of healthy games as the starter. I think he had one game in there where he left very early on with injury. So I just took that game out because, you know, not representative of him as the starter. In that 10 game stretch, he averaged 17.1 PPR points per game, and he carried the ball 20.2 times per game. Now, over that same stretch, I said Kenneth Walker averaged uh, 20.2 carries per game. The Seahawks as a whole averaged 25.8 non-quarterback carries per game. So, you know, other running backs, wide receivers, whatever, just uh, taking away the Geno Smith carries. So looking at that uh, kind of sample, Walker was taking 78% of the running back carries as a starter. That workload seems to be pretty much gone, right? 78, that's a solid kind of opportunity share of the carries. But I'm not saying like Walker's going to fall off to sub 50%, but I would be shocked if he even gets close to that 78% of the carry number. I would honestly be surprised if he hits like 70%. Zach Charbonnet is a very capable three down back. He has that skill set. The Seahawks go out, they spend second round draft capital on him. I think he's going to be utilized. Also, we saw Kenneth Walker wasn't a huge factor as a pass catcher, averaged 2.7 targets per game um, when he was the starter in those 10 games. I mean, that seems to be pretty much a lock to come down. It feels like that's really what Charbonnet's kind of main role in this offense is going to be, at least something he'll probably have on lock. Um, He caught 37 passes last season and just feels like he's going to be that running back who's out there, you know, on third downs, getting the screens, all of that stuff in this offense. And so I just can't be spending a fourth round pick, you know, which is where Kenneth Walker is going right now on a player where we're kind of hoping to get like a 65-35 carry split and he's going to have no receiving upside. Like I think generally you'd assume that if a team goes out, they draft a strong running back prospect after already having a strong running back on their roster that they're probably going to want to run the ball. But I don't even know if that's the case here. Like the Seahawks drafted JSN in the first round and then they did draft Charbonnet, like I mentioned. But I mean, he's a guy who has receiving upside. And like I said, it feels like he's going to kind of fill that receiving down role. So I don't even know like if this is going to be a major uptick in carries per game. I think there's just a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. Maybe they carry the ball more, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they just up the passing now that you add another stud wide receiver. And then you also bring in a running back who can be involved as a pass catcher. And I've kind of laid all this out. 
And I still don't even think we've touched on like the worst case scenario, right? I think most likely Kenneth Walker is going to have a decent role on the ground, maybe like 14 to 16 carries per game. He's probably going to be efficient and he's probably going to be, you know, a decent touchdown score. But that's kind of like what we'd be potentially expecting, maybe even the positive end, right? Worst case scenario, like, is Walker even guaranteed the goal line work at this point? Charbonnet isn't coming in as some sort of 200-pound satellite back. From the combine measurements we have of Kenneth Walker last year, Charbonnet this season, Charbonnet's the bigger dude. I think Kenneth Walker came in at 210, um, I think 5'9", Charbonnet's 6 foot, uh, 215. So for me, there's just way too much risk at this ADP mixed in with a lack of upside. Like, it's not like, oh, if it breaks this way, Kenneth Walker can have this crazy high ceiling. Really, the only way I see Kenneth Walker being a mid to like high-end RB1 would be an injury to uh, Zach Charbonnet. And if you're drafting a running back two, like a high-end running back two in fantasy, and you need that type of break, like you need someone else in their backfield to just completely be out of the picture, I just think it's probably not a good bet at this point. So Kenneth Walker, someone I'm definitely fading at his current price. Now, another running back I'm going to be fading here is going to be DeAndre Swift. He's going off the board as the running back 22 in the uh, sixth round. And to be honest, I kind of feel like this landing spot with the Eagles feels like a trap. Like, I think, you know, from the outside, you're like, oh, this is a great landing spot for a running back. They have a great run game. They're going to be super efficient. I just don't really think their offense uh, matches up with Swift's skill set well at all. If we're looking at Swift's kind of strength and upside, it's going to be his receiving ability, and the Eagles just straight up do not pass to their running backs. They were actually dead last in targets to running backs last year with only 3.6 per game. I believe Swift averaged uh, five targets per game last year on his own, so you know 1.4 less passes, and that's going to the entire team. So maybe it's possible they kind of switch up how they're operating with the addition of Swift, but like I don't know if we're willing to make that bet because it's not like the Eagles went out and broke the bank for DeAndre Swift, right? Like they only gave up like a fourth round pick. And they also had solid, competent pass catchers last season. Sanders may not be an elite pass catcher, but he can get the job done. Kenneth Gainwell caught 51 passes for 610 receiving yards as a sophomore in college, so he can definitely catch passes. Even with these guys in their lineup on their roster, they still weren't really throwing to these guys. And this is kind of something uh, we see year after year. These mobile quarterbacks, instead of checking down, they're going to scramble. I don't really expect that to change this year. I do think Swift's going to be getting decent work on the ground, but I also feel like the Eagles are going to turn this into a committee somehow. Like, I don't think Swift is some elite pure runner. Like, is he going to compete with the healthy Rashad Penny in that area? Maybe. And I've been someone who's been very high on Swift over the past two seasons. You know, I've ended up pretty disappointed. And I feel like the overall fantasy community is also just very high on him. I feel like everyone thought that deal was a uh, steal that the Eagles pulled off. But I do think there's just some sort of disconnect between the fans, the fantasy community, and how the NFL actually views DeAndre Swift. And this just kind of feels like a spot where you're going to end up frustrated. It's going to be a committee. They're not even really using him to his full strengths or at least not really maximizing those strengths, right? Like if you're giving him three targets per game, he might be getting most of the targets out of that backfield, but it just might not be enough volume to really carry him uh, fantasy-wise. And now the third and final running back I'm going to be fading heading into the 2023 season is going to be A.J. Dillon. Right now he's going off the board as the running back 33, which is a ninth round pick. And I just feel like this is an area where there are going to be other higher upside running backs available. 
Within 10 picks of A.J. Dillon, both ahead and behind him, you've got guys like James Cook, Alvin Kamara, Brian Robinson, and uh, Devin A-Chain. These are all guys who could be leading their backfield. I feel like we've already seen the A.J. Dillon experiment, and it just hasn't really gone well. We know there's going to be some sort of split between him and Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones has just consistently proven that he's the better option. I mean, really both as a runner and a uh, pass catcher. And now I'm not saying A.J. Dillon can't finish as like a back-end RB3, like that's where he's being drafted right now. But if I'm drafting him here, you're not really hoping for that kind of finish. You're hoping that maybe they can break in to be like a top 24 guy. You could paint me a picture where James Cook is a top 24 guy, Kamara, you know, B-Rob, A-Chain. I could see the path for these guys. For A.J. Dillon, the only path I'm seeing to a top 24 season would be an injury to Aaron Jones, which isn't really something I'm trying to bank on here. I would rather bank on that in the double-digit rounds for some of these other handcuffs where you don't have to pay up and pass on some of these other options. I also think just looking at this offense as a whole, going from Rodgers to Love, I feel like you've got to view that as a downgrade. And then I also do think it's possible the Packers go a little more pass heavy. They went out, they upgraded their weapons in this draft, and we know that would also favor Aaron Jones here, who is a very, very strong pass catcher. So I think it's tough for Dylan. I think a lot of people were very high on him heading into last season, didn't really pan out. And I would just rather pivot to some of these other guys who I think can give you more upside, you know, without needing to rely on an injury. So those are going to be three of my current do not draft running backs. Like I said, not totally fading these guys altogether, just at their current price, not willing to pay it. So we had uh, Kenneth Walker, DeAndre Swift, and AJ Dillon. Let me know what you guys think. If you stuck around all the way till the end, thank you. I appreciate it. Do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Going to be talking about three do not draft wide receivers tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. And I will see you all in the next one.